everyone. Welcome back to Industry Therapy. Based on our mission, TIP aims to bring together all stakeholders and sectors within the telecommunications ecosystem to learn from each other and how we can best support each other to overcome the challenges with the development of wireless infrastructure. Today, we're going to talk with Carlo Francesino to learn more about the TIF Testing Committee. Welcome to Telecommunications Industry Therapy the podcast that discusses issues arising from the rapid advancement and deployment of telecommunications infrastructure. This podcast is provided by the Telecommunications Industry Foundation. This podcast, as well as much more additional content, can be found at tiffonline.org. Please welcome your hosts, Michelle Kang and Scott Stecker. Carlo, welcome to the show. Thanks, Michelle. So before we dive into that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Um, I've been in the industry for almost 25 years now. Um, Started out working as a consultant and for the last 12 years, I've been working for Sabre Industries. So I've seen everything from, you know, broadcast towers to typical telecom towers, small cell. I've done sort of the, the full breadth from the largest structures all the way down to our smallest telecom structures. Nice. And Carlo, talk to us about TIFF. How did you get involved? How long have you been involved with that? So I've been involved with TIFF since day one when it was first started. And uh, that's back several years ago now. And when that was that group was formed, there was a bunch of manufacturers, consultants, um, uh, OEM manufacturers as well that participated. It's been uh, quite a few years. The time's flown, that's for sure. And uh it's been exciting. It's been exciting to help out with the industry, help work with other, even with competitors working together to help promote education, help the industry out in general. And a couple of years back, maybe you were nominated as the testing lead for TIFF. It's probably one of the more exciting things we do. How did that committee get created and why do we need it? Well, thanks, Scott. And actually, I had to go look back to actually find out when it did happen. And it was actually just over a year ago. I thought it was several years ago. But yes, it was actually officially only a little over a year ago. Um, There had been ongoing discussions since since TIFF started. And we knew there was a need for testing. It was just one of these things. How do we go about it? How do we formalize it? So yeah, it was just a little over a year ago where I was asked to to step up and, and be the testing committee chair. And I uh, certainly agree. I said, yes, be more than happy and willing to do it. And uh, it's been exciting ever since. Like I mentioned before, competitors working together to help educate the industry. I think that's the biggest thing um, that I've taken away from this. And I think it's we're all working towards the betterment of the industry in general. And as part of your career over the last several years, have you been involved with testing in general with Sabre or how that come about? How that work? Yeah, the testing with Sabre in general, even before then, I've been involved with testing for, for many years now, decades, I have to say, actually. And it goes, you know, from defining the scope right from the start all the way through the finish, divine, defining the scope of the testing, how much is it going to cost, how long is it going to take, where are we going to do it? So a lot of those things I've, I've worked through over the last several years and decades, like I mentioned, with my experience. And it was sort of just a logical progression to try to, to help out the industry. Nice. And so far, TIFF has basically released two sets of results from two different tests. Um, Can you walk through those two things that were learned, things that uh, the industry can put use as we move forward? Yeah, certainly, Scott. So the 
the one you're uh, well aware of too, both of these tests, they were for rooftop ballast mounts. So last fall we started, we did some full-scale testing and there was four manufacturers present, a few consulting engineering companies and TIF representatives. And what we did is we tested three different types of standard roof, I'll call them standard or typical rooftop ballast mounts or sleds. And what we did is we had different equipment loading or simulated a different equipment loading on those sleds along with different amount of ballast. And what we were trying to do is control, determine what the controlling factor was for design, whether or not it was overturning or sliding. There was a, a big discussion in the industry on how it should be looked at, how it should be treated. So the testing helped, I think, tremendously for people that didn't really understand it completely or didn't have a complete understanding and needed some more information. And so what we did is, like I mentioned, there was several different scenarios that were investigated to try to capture from the, the lowest to the highest, we'll call it typical install. And probably the biggest takeaway, what we found was um, proper ballast in location is key. So if you don't have all the ballast on your sled or if it's missing ballast, it's missing ballast in certain positions, the ballast is not going to perform as designed. So key number one, make sure you put all your ballast on based on design documents. Second thing, uh, rubber mats, very important. So just putting a rooftop sled on a mount, uh, sorry, a rooftop sled on a roof surface, not a good idea, um, especially ones where if you penetrate the roofing membrane, you can have water damage and leakage and other sort of problems, but even more so from a um, contact, friction, and sliding perspective, those rubber mats were very important. And probably the last takeaway that we found was pretty much a, any sort of typical, what we would define as a typical uh, roof mount configuration where your equipment loading is at about five feet or higher, which is typically what we see, um, overturning controls. So it's not your sliding check that controls, it is your overturning of that ballast mount that does control. So we learned a lot. The one thing we, we were sort of, there was still that question that was hanging out there is friction. Like what is, what value should be used? How do we define it? Are we looking at it properly? So the, the takeaway from that test, other than that summary that I just sort of went through was we need to do some friction testing. Um, so earlier this year, two, two of the manufacturers completed some friction tests. And what was done is we received samples of, we'll call it typical roofing membranes. There was four different types. We used two different rubber mats, one from each of the manufacturers. And we did testing at three different locations. There was a total of over 150 different configurations that were tested when we start looking at the, the membrane, the mat, and the directionality of the samples. And we just recently published uh, average values that we achieved or that were the result of those tests. Um, those are available at, at tiffonline.org under the white paper section. And so what you'll see is published values or values that we think are reasonable about values for design. It doesn't mean higher values cannot be achieved or cannot be used. These are just sort of baseline values that we think are reasonable for the industry to use. Nice. And it seems like the results themselves, um, in addition to being released on the TIFF website, were also discussed in the TR14 meeting this past year as well, correct? That is correct. So those uh, results were discussed with the industry at large, the, the telecom industry at large, 
Uh, we went through those results, explained the testing scenario, the setup. Everyone had an opportunity to review it, look at it, how it was set up, ask some questions. So I think it was very helpful in terms of educating the industry. So people who didn't know this testing was was happening, at least they have a place to point to now, whereas before there are some other papers that are out there, um, not necessarily relevant to the telecom industry on how our equipment is set up and how our um, materials are placed on roofs. So I think this was very helpful for the industry in general. Um, those of us in the know that have been involved in the details of it, but also those that were sort of not involved, didn't really understand. Now, at least they have some information that they can point to as a resource. Very cool. So, Carlo, it sounds like the first two tests that the committee conducted were a success. Uh, what's next for the TIF testing committee? It, definitely a success, Michelle, and definitely a success as a result of the support from the industry to help us get there. Um, the next one we are looking at is U-bolt testing. So there are values in the standard on how to evaluate U-bolts. We know the standard probably doesn't cover all the scenarios that we see out in the field. So the, the next step is sort of defining what those criteria and tests are going to be for U-bolts. And then again, try to help the industry so that when questions come up, we have a, a place to point everyone and say, here's where you can find the resource that you need to answer the question that you have. Nice. And as, as the testing committee progresses and you get more tests under your belt, do you find yourself running up against any limitations or have any struggles or kind of anything keeping you from your goals? What you're trying to accomplish? Um, probably the biggest one is funding. Um, Scott, you know, all these tests take not only time and money, and, and certainly money time. People are volunteering their time. We have manufacturers, consultants. Uh, without those people helping out, we, we couldn't do the testing. But some of these tests, as we get sort of more detailed and uh, aggressive in the types of testing that we want to do, uh, we're probably going to have to engage others in the industry. Um, educational institutions. So what we're probably probably the biggest thing would be funding so that we can tackle more projects and certainly tackle them quicker. And Carla, what should someone do if they have a need for a specific type of testing or they just want to assist with the testing in some way? So if you go to tiffonline.org, there's a feedback feedback button at the top. Uh, you can provide, it's a form, you fill out the form, you can attach a file. So if you're like, hey, I've got some interest in participating in this type of testing. I think this sort of testing is needed for the industry. Um, we are able to help the industry with, we've got this type of equipment to do these types of tests. Anything that you can think of, again, tiffonline.org, hit the feedback button, send us your thoughts, uh, information, and uh, one of us will reach back out to you to contact you. So yeah, help in any way you know fi financial or even time or even just questions and hey i've got an idea have you ever thought about because what we do is collect those and then that sort of builds our you know what's next in terms of the pipeline for testing very cool and i'd have to say as i've been witnessing what the testing committee has done and what we're going to do that's uh, pretty exciting so thank you for all of your efforts and volunteer yeah time. carlo um thanks for being on the show today and helping everybody learn more about the TIF testing committee and the value that we've provided to the telecommunications industry. And as Carlo mentioned, if you have a need for a specific testing or data that could be derived from testing, please reach out through our website, tiffonline.org. 
Thank you for listening to Industry Therapy, presented by the Telecommunications Industry Foundation. The information expressed herein are the opinions of the individuals. They are not meant to supersede standards or regulations that govern the reference subject matter. For additional TIFF podcasts and other educational content, or to submit a potential topic for a future podcast, please visit our website, tiffonline.org.